a playlist original. Hey, what's up? It's your host, Tori, and who is ready to be petty? Welcome back to another episode of RTBP. I'm so glad you're here. This week, I was out for coffee with friend of the pod, Mariah, and I was like, okay, you guys, and she's like, girl, it's just me, so you know that I've been recording way too many podcasts lately. I don't know what's in the water, but it's been really fun over on Patreon. This week, I'm covering the Kim versus Kanye, the divorce documentary with Cam from What I Will Say. She watched it on Max. I watched it on Discovery+. Plus in Canada. Shout out to Kirsten for that password. And if you want to watch it to be caught up with us on Patreon, definitely check it out. If not, we go through like basically every fucking plot detail of both episodes. So you don't have to watch it to still enjoy the episode. This week, I want to shout out Samantha P and Meg H. Meg H told a fucking hilarious story. Like literally a story that like could be in a movie or one of those things that you're just like, oh my God, I, there's no way that this happened <laughs> um, about her experience in a spa. And it was really fucking funny. And I just want to say shout out to Meg H and Samantha P. Thank you so, so, so much for supporting my work and being an official petty Betty. Mwah. I hope you both are having amazing weeks. I can't believe it's coming up on the one year anniversary of of patreon it seems like that flew by even though it's been a lot of work it's been a lot of fucking work on my end but it's been so much fun getting to know all all of the patrons if you want to support the show and if you want more exclusive content you can join patreon patreon.com rtbbpodcast It would be so nice to hit 100 patrons before the one-year anniversary, and I feel like we're so close, and so now's a really good time to join. Two notes for this episode. We talk about Miley releasing new music, Used to Be Young, and she released it on August 25th, obviously a few days ago. We recorded this episode on August 24th. I stated two reasons why August 25th is important to Miley, but I wanted to add two more. It is also Billy Ray's birthday. He was born August 25th, 1961. And the infamous Robin Thicke, Miley Cyrus MTV Music Awards performance was also on August 25th, 2013. So I just wanted to add those two points. She also in the like music video is wearing a shirt with a Mickey Mouse on it. And she's wearing like a red corset top over a t-shirt which is kind of a la uh, a specific outfit on Hannah Montana I think when she sings best of both worlds so lots of imagery and little easter eggies in that overall I really like that song and single soon by Selena Gomez so congrats ladies okay it's time to get to today's episode here is my conversation with Layla I'm back with a very special guest. Layla is here. Layla, how are you? I'm amazing. How are you? Good. Uh, happy one year 
anniversary of your Instagram, not your TikTok, but your Instagram account, IDK, my BFF lay. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So I started my TikTok in like March of 2021. Okay. And I thought you were going to say 2020 because of like I wish everything I, that was going on. No, I wish yeah. I did. Um, But then in the span of that time I had started a couple Instagrams and <laughs> they just like never really worked and so finally last year I was like I'm gonna do this I did it a completely different way than I did any of my other accounts um and this one has been super successful so I'm really happy with it Instagram is definitely my more like day-to-day thoughts and takes and news and in and TikTok, I use more so for like the occasional deep dive for like longer form content. TikTok is yeah. my long form content. <laughs> yeah, yeah, literally. And I just can't, I can't say things in one minute. Like I just fucking can't. I know, I know. <laughs> what are you covering over on your your Insta as of late? What should the listeners check out? Instagram is really changing day to day. I really like my feed to be like aesthetic as the kids say and I like to do like cute like it's like pop culture meets Pinterest like cute pictures of celebrities um I kind of do memes sometimes I do um like a monthly recap so like I'll do I'll pick like nine of the biggest events or like fun pictures or iconic things that stuck out and then do like a month like a recap for every month and do like a carousel. Mm -hmm. And I don't post every day, but like when I do, I like want it to look good. Yeah. And it does. I feel like you have a nostalgia for like the 2000s specifically. Did you, how old were you in the 2000s? I am born in 94. (laughs) So I. Okay. Yeah. I was around. I feel like I'm much more of like a 2000. That, like I have more memories from the 2000s than the 90s because I was yeah 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 so young too. but yeah for yeah. sure yeah okay sick okay for some reason I was like I feel like she's like super young and I was like <laughs> is she just like is she just living vicariously now oh my god or no. does she truly have this you know love for like 2000s pop culture but I love that for you because I I feel the same way Thank you, honestly, for saying that. I turned 29 this summer, so mm-hmm. it's a huge compliment that you think yeah. I'm so young. Literally. Yeah, but I it's funny that. you said that. Um, I just feel like I, like I was look. I'm good. I was planning on doing this whole like Kim Cattrall, Sarah Jessica Parker thing on my mm, TikTok. Their feud. Yes, I like want to bring that back and do a deep dive <laughs> into it because. Kim is on and just like that this week. So I thought it was very Mm -hmm. timely. And then I was looking at these old pictures of them from the red carpet, from like whatever, just of like Sarah and Matthew Broderick. And I was like, God, like they just look so cool. Like I just like love that imagery. I love the fashion and the style and obviously the like photography of like the cameras themselves Mm -hmm. and how like grainy they are. And I think as a aesthetic, it's like very much what I'm into. Yeah, 100%. I was just thinking about Sarah Jessica Parker, too, because I just watched the finale of And Just Like That. And 
there's something about her that is just so effortlessly chic that I just there it's like a gene or something that I just like don't have that like even when she's wearing stuff that's like truly fuggo because like they have dressed her in some like zany outfits this season she just carries it so well I don't know what that is but she had it in the 90s too like all those red carpet pictures all of those women in the show they just look so chic it's annoying to me I know (laughs) I hate to say it but because it's so cliche but I feel like it really is just like that attitude the confidence like I literally was gonna say that too (laughs) I think it's true though like Sarah Jessica Parker with all three of her names like we'll walk into a room and be like yeah I'm wearing a cowboy hat and a bikini and a maxi skirt what of it give me a martini immediately and everyone's like you're so right yeah (laughs) no that's so true yeah that's interesting but then sometimes I'm like do I really want to be like that like I don't know sometimes it's nice being I guess the opposite of that I would say it's I appreciate it but I I could literally never like it's just so not me I like of it's fitting because it's of the very much same era I if I had all the money in the world I would dress like Mary Kay and Ashley Olsen like (laughs) yeah that is more my vibe especially more like in the past 10 years just like elevated basics simple like nothing too crazy quiet luxury (laughs) why the quietest of luxury yeah yeah definitely yeah I know I would definitely want to I wanted would want to look like Gwyneth or Meghan Markle or the Olsen twins like just in like cashmere and like chunky knits and stuff like yes. that but like chic <laughs> when I wear it it's from Old Navy and it's like pilling <laughs> like <laughs> I know Old Navy budget on like a the row taste <laughs> yes yes truly oh my god one thing I also wanted to talk about and I don't know if you're an astrology girly but Mercury is currently in retrograde are you feeling those vibes so I am moving and yeah I will talk about this more later but Mm -hmm. um it's just a it's never a good time when you're moving so whether Mercury was in retrograde or not I feel like I my life would just be as chaotic as it is maybe it's just like serendipitous that those two things are colliding for me yeah yeah for sure no I know I just feel like there's something off in the air and I can't put my finger on it but I feel like everyone's a little kooky right now (laughs) (laughs) everyone's a little like unsettled I I don't know what it is maybe it's the start of this I was gonna say this semester September I work at a uni so it, it very much feels like the start of a new year and I don't know there's just something something in the air no when I was in school the year started in September and ended Mm -hmm. like in August like that was my calendar so I very much get that like this is a new time this is a huge transition I totally get that vibe yeah and for celebrities too Mm -hmm. yeah so let's get into our topics for today we're gonna talk about Miley's new music Scooter Braun's like kind of reckoning but I I have a hot take that a, a listener sent me today some Kardashian updates I feel like this is the longest I've gone which is like mere weeks without talking about the Kardashians so it'll be nice to check in with them and then you're gonna nominate a pettyweight champion of the week and share your this week in petty story so Miley is releasing a new song tomorrow we're recording this on Thursday 
August 24th. And I feel like we just got flowers, but this isn't a song on flowers. This is like a new single. Flowers was kind of other than the her lead single was kind of a flop. Also, it wasn't called fucking flowers. It was called something else and I can't even remember. Right. I feel like that Endless out. Summer. <laughs> oh, it's called, it called Never Ending yeah. Summer. Yeah. Endless Summer Vacation. <laughs> Endless Summer Vacation. Okay, yes. I feel like that <laughs> it's like Flowers as a single was everywhere, but I you're right, that album did not get literally any attention for it being her like I don't want to say comeback album, but like kind, kind of. of like her first album in a while. But maybe that this was always her plan to kind of have like these two adjacent musical projects that like would kind of go in tandem and then go on this huge tour and like, wait, but no, she, this went totally under the radar, but did you see, she made this post basically being like, I don't want to do a stadium tour. I'm over it. I don't want to live my life on a tour bus or on planes. I don't want to get ready in locker rooms. And people got kind of mad because she seemed like, oh, I'm too good for it. I don't need the money kind of thing. When really it would be an experience for her fans, of course. Yeah. Um, So I guess she's not planning on doing a tour, which is a huge bummer. Totally. But I don't blame her. Like, just because you're a musician doesn't mean you're built for stadium tours I think we've learned a lot about that with like Justin Bieber and stuff like that so you're totally right it sucks as fans that of like people that want to experience her music in that way but like I also totally get it like everything I've seen from tour documentaries and stuff like that uh or like behind the scenes footage seems fucking awful just like no sleep <laughs> no sleep another bus another bus another whatever that uh Lady Gaga sound is or whatever like that's actually what it feels like and I wouldn't want to do that too like it just seems like the highs and lows are so vast like it's like the high of performing in front of so many people apparently is like taking drugs like you just get such a high that you like can't sleep and then you'd probably be sleeping the whole next day on like a crunchy bus like I just I don't know I I'm kind of with her on that but I don't know what her game plan is though because she's not like been in any movies or anything lately and yeah she's making music but I don't know how well it's doing I don't know either I actually liked a couple of her songs on her last album a lot like they made it migrated over to like my playlist that I play so yeah. I just feel like the marketing wasn't there. Like it wasn't on right. TikTok. Like it wasn't getting shoved down our throats, which maybe was purposeful, but it's very kind of forgettable. Yeah, that's true. I know the only song outside of Flowers I feel like I listen to is like Rose Colored Glasses. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's the only one. And I don't know, that just seems so surprising for someone who is such a powerhouse like Miley Cyrus. But her new song, again, comes out tomorrow. She wrote it allegedly two years ago. She said, I decided to release Used to Be Young on August 25th because this particular date historically has been important to me personally in my career. So on August 25th in 2010, Miley and her ex-husband Liam Hemsworth broke up for the first time. 
and then they ended up, you know, getting back together. Like, a, and they were on and off for many years. And then, you know, got married and then divorced in January 2020. And then on August 25th in 2013, she released Wrecking Ball, which was also maybe about Liam. So this is interesting that she's like specifically choosing this date to release this song. Okay, now that we're talking about it, I feel like it's used to be young is going to be about how when she was younger, she was like obviously had her party phase and was more into that than she is now. And mm-hmm. that like made sense with Liam because I feel like he was like really big into partying. And so when she, they were in the same place, they were good. They got along. They liked to do the same things, like to go out. But then she when she got older she was getting out of that phase and he stayed in that phase and so maybe it's gonna be like oh I used to be young like I used to do all these things with you when I was it's kind of crazy that she's saying used to be young when she's like literally 30 or 31 but come on girly (laughs) yeah give us a break but that is the vibe I'm getting from this yeah 100 percent. it's interesting also because all the blind items say that Liam Hemsworth is actually the party animal and Miley was a lot more tame. But when she was with him, you know, they would go out and about and stuff. And so I wonder if this is kind of giving us more of an insight to that, that it's like, okay, you guys blame me for being like crazy, but like really it was like the company I was keeping. I was just young (laughs) yeah she was young and in love and like doing what young and in love people do like I don't think anyone can blame her for that totally 100% so some of the lyrics um that have been released because she released like an Instagram I feel like she's really pushing this single hard now like maybe she learned from her January album but she posted some lyrics on her Instagram and some of them are interesting she wrote, me plus who you say I was yesterday have gone our separate ways. So I'm assuming she's either talking about her when she was like a Disney Channel kid or maybe when she was a wild child. Uh-huh. So I'm interested to see more about that. And then there's also, I know I used to be crazy. I know I used to be fun. You say I used to be wild. I say I used to be young interesting very I has she talked about like what genre this song is gonna be is it gonna be like slow upbeat rock and roll anything I have no idea but like I feel like only real ones really liked her plastic hearts era and then like I feel like where where she's in her bag is like her backyard sessions acoustic kind of stuff or just like straight up like pop ballads. yeah but no, I I don't think we have any idea about what, yeah, the genre is. This would be interesting. I feel like she is just, like, yeah, she wrote this two years ago. I guess that's what's interesting. It's like, why are you releasing it now? Why didn't it make the endless summer vacation cut? And why, like, are you coming out with two more singles and then another album? Or are you just yeah, having yeah. having fun? Yeah, I have no idea. Maybe she thought it was too personal for that album, but maybe she's like, oh, I have to get personal to, like, get any traction. I don't know. I have no idea. 
I don't know. I like love Miley. So I'll be listening, but me too. I, yeah, I saw her live at Lollapalooza a couple of years ago and she's just like, she's so, she's a professional. Like she's so good. I know she's so dynamic. Like the stage is definitely like where she belongs, but I understand performing at, yeah, like some music festivals and stuff like that is way different than like going on like a two year stadium tour a la Taylor and Harry. But there's also rumors that she's going to be doing the Super Bowl, which I think would be great. Oh my God. Yeah. I would, I mean, obviously I would love that. Yeah, I think just a lot of people like party in the USA, I feel like bridges a gap between like Hannah Montana, like Miley stands and just like the general American population. So I feel like uh, she would be a good a good fit. Yeah, that would be wild. Yeah, I think it would be really I would really enjoy that. She's also releasing this song on the same day as Selena Gomez's new single single soon. It was really cute because I feel like most people, maybe if it was different people than Miley and Selena, but like would be upset that like their direct competitor is releasing music on the same day. But they both posted some Hannah Montana references of them um, being their characters and like they're being like cheeky to one another and supporting one another, which was very very cute selena's song is allegedly like maybe making reference to sex in the city because in some graphics there's the post-it note like the i'm sorry i can't do this whatever the fuck that (laughs) post-it note (laughs) said and then like there's also been like leaked audio of a voice note that or a voicemail that she received from her little sister Gracie that is like Selena like don't like you don't need to care about like loser boys or like something like that so I'm just very curious about I don't know I'm I'm excited for tomorrow to roll around I'm so excited and I think it's extremely smart of them to play off of each other and bring up the nostalgia of the Hannah Montana era and their Disney days when two songs come out on the same day, it's not like when two movies come out on the same day. Yeah. Like you're probably yeah. going to only go to the theater once that weekend, but you can listen to two songs. So yeah, true. Like, yeah. yeah. I think them promoting each other's is also promoting their own because now everyone's talking about how they posted the thing and they're reminiscing about their Disney days. So yeah, it was very cute. And then you linked me a Instagram story uh, that Miley Cyrus posted on June 30th, 2023, of a picture of Selena Gomez in like kind of like a bralette lying down with like a tan. And her caption was at Dolce Glow tan before I tan. And Miley just reposted it. Like it was a dual brand deal. I don't understand the dynamics. I'm just like picturing Dolce Glow PR rep talking to Miley's PR rep talking to Selena's PR rep being like, okay, so <laughs> Selena's going to post, a, by the way, an in-feed picture for Dolce yes. Glow tan. <laughs> yes, and a then, post-feed. 
And then Miley, you're going to repost it and hashtag Dolce Glow. And it's like, for why? Why are we doing this? No, I have no idea. It's probably like, okay, Selena, you get 100K for posting this um, feed post. And then Miley, you get like 25K if you just repost it on your stories. 100%. Like they both made... (laughs) A ridiculous amount of money for doing this. But it's like, <laughs> what? <laughs> it's literally so fucking weird. And also, it's like, I want people to know that if a brand asked me to repost any Instagram post for upward, like, honestly, something over like $10 at this point, <laughs> like, I'll put it up there. It's 24 hours. Like that will fly by. <laughs> I know. So this, when you, when I was reading this, I, I re- reminded me of this whole Dolce Glow collab and it just made me think like, maybe they're somehow like in cahoots together. Yes. Okay. That was my second thought when you shared this is that maybe they've been actually planning this for way longer than we realize. And the like, uh, fucking gifts or like clips that Selena posted real quick of the Hannah Montana episode of like just the funniest bit of her being like you can't sing to Miley was all planned which is way better PR than like what the girlies have been doing lately so I know well Selena has been literally teasing new music since the beginning of the year. And I know because I made such a big deal about it. I made this whole TikTok about how she was releasing new music. And here are all the reasons why and all the things she's been doing. And then it's like been crickets. And I have been like, don't worry, guys, it's coming. <laughs> and that was yeah, like yeah, yeah. eight months ago. <laughs> yeah. So it's just been like she's been she's been breadcrumbing us. And so I'm just finally happy it's finally happening totally because so her last album was well she released her last full album was rare right in 2020 and then she released a few eps since then and then is this sg8 that she's teasing okay so it's kind of up for debate because this is her third album with this new record label that she signed to and so some people think she's not counting her like Disney albums when she was with yeah. like when it was like Selena Gomez in the scene. Yeah. But I think if you count everything, it might be like, yeah, six or seven albums. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Um, also bring back and the scene. <laughs> like, <laughs> that was like, so iconic, actually. Yeah. Like it had no business being that funny, but that also good. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, oh my god, I love that music. Yeah, so I guess we'll see. I'll be downloading both, supporting both these queens. And like, yeah, I I think it's smart because Selena Gomez has had some kind of hits. Like some of her um, collabs with other artists have been good. But yeah, it's weird how Miley and Selena both like triple threats, but also usually like power hitters in this area just can't like snatch the the number one spot I guess flowers was a hit but like not in a way that had any like longevity like I know this the song had longevity on the charts but like the album just like did they even release a second single like I don't even know 
Honestly, I don't. That's such a good point. I don't think they did. It's just so embarrassing. Remember when she had all those posters around like New York and Mm -hmm. stuff and then like, yeah, my God. It's very interesting because obviously they had like a very similar trajectory of their career and they're around Mm -hmm. the same age and it's very telling that they're both kind of in this place where, yeah, they're passionate about making music, but they're just like not in the rat race anymore. Yeah, that's so true. They're not like the Olivia Rodrigo's and yeah, Taylor Swift's and stuff. Yeah, Taylor is like putting it into perspective, like she is a different animal for her, her longevity and what she's put into everything. And just like, that's like a whole other conversation. But yeah, totally. Just even like how Cruel Summer was released fucking four years ago and then she re-released it as a single and it hit number one. Like, where is that for for some of Selena's music? The, The Swifties are on a different planet like no like there is no other fan like them I know but like Selena is so close with Taylor so I'm just like why can't they seemingly lock it up like I just Mm. it's so and I think Miley's like on good terms with her so we will see we we will see I'm very excited for new music me too me too okay let's move on to Scooter Braun so I have covered this extensively I feel like Um, on episode 150 and then on my latest Patreon episode. But there are more updates, which is starting to get annoying at this point because it's like every time I sit down to like write out some news stories to cover, it's like, oh, and there's six other like headlines about fucking Scooter Braun. But just last night, so that would be Wednesday night, there was more articles that Justin has officially left Scooter. So, like, it was like, oh, he left him. Oh, no, he didn't. And now he has. So I'm guessing that that is, like, fully confirmed. And then Adina Menzel also, like, also left. She was like, I'm not staying on this sinking ship. And then... Uh, NT from Crazy Days and Nights wrote a blind item. I won't read the blind, but basically it just said Ariana left and it was a long time coming. Demi got let go because she wasn't making him any money. What do you think about all of the Scooter Braun drama? Like, do you think that people are jumping ship because there is like going to be a scandal that's going to break? Or do you think that because... Scooter Braun has been putting his, like, time and energy into his K-pop music label, Hybe, that, like, they're just like, oh, I'm going to find someone who... Because, again, Demi, Ariana, kind of in their flop eras, Justin, career-wise. So, like, I'm like, maybe they just want to move on to someone that will give more energy and time to them. Truthfully, I feel like... It has much more to do with his business hype than any drama going on with these artists and their personal relationship. Because, yeah, it's like Ariana Grande is in Wicked and Justin Bieber is basically Hailey Bieber's husband at this point. Like, he's not, (laughs) he's doing actually like nothing across the board, which is fine. Like, Yeah, take breaks for sure. But I just feel like there's actually nothing for Scooter to even really manage anymore. 
the weird thing is that it's all dropping like this week out of nowhere seemingly yeah that's what's kind of weird to me and then also had no idea idina menzel was managed by him like literally me neither one of these things is not like the other <laughs> <laughs> yes okay but no but seriously though because i had uh looks up like did some research for episode 150 no mention like like all the articles that i read mentioned dan and shay and tori kelly and ashley graham and like stuff like that no fucking mention of idina and then i see I, I really want to call her Adele Dazeem, like, every <laughs> single time I say her name. And then all of a sudden, last night, when I was reading about more official reports on Justin Bieber, it was like, oh, by the way, also Adina Menzel left him. I know. I feel like I've just seen a new headline every day, and then it's like, oh, never mind. It's, they're actually fine, or... It's like, oh, that's unconfirmed from Ariana's camp or this, that, and the other thing. And it's like, well, one, I like barely cared in the first place. And two, it's just like nobody can get a story straight. I know. It's getting fucking annoying at this point. Also, he's like chilling in Iceland. So while we're melting down, he seems to just be like enjoying life, which is infuriating. Like, Agreed. And the fact that he's like tweeting and making self-deprecating jokes, I'm like, save it. Like literally nobody asked to hear from you. Which, But that also makes me think that nothing really dramatic is happening. Is happening. Yes. So Karen, who is, I would call her a friend of the pod. We've podcasted together before, but I think she's a listener too. But shout out to Karen. She messaged me and because I posted on my Instagram stories me witnessing the downfall of Scooter Braun and it was like a picture of Sharpay Evans smiling really big (sighs) and she wrote me downfall question mark the recent news on him seems more like he's getting promoted and getting richer thanks to k-pop what did I miss and I messaged her I was like hey that's not wrong is he just like clearing his again no offense kind of washed up roster for the new thing which is k-pop bands making billions of dollars because they're like the future of music like I was like maybe you're right and like I'm sure there's nefarious things going on like I don't think he's the best manager I think he runs a tight ship but like not in a good way like I think he overworks his artists um, forces them to do things that they don't want to do, like when Ariana didn't want to include the song Ghost In on her record and, like, stuff like that. So, like, I don't think he's a good person, but I feel like everyone's waiting for this, like, bombshell news uh, to come out about him other than, like, he's cheating on his wife or, like, something like that. And I'm like, I actually, as time goes on, I don't think that's going to come out. Like, I just actually maybe think he's clearing out some dead weight um, and replacing them with K-pop like ingenues. Completely agree. I, did you read the article that Variety put out called like what's going on with Scooter Braun's empire or something like that? Yes. That was very enlightening to me because it was very much more business focused and just learning about this like Hybe and his Korean K-pop empire that he's starting he like sold his 
parent company for a billion dollars. I had no idea he did. Like, that's insane. And I feel like that headline was nowhere. Truly. So and it was also very interesting that, like, his talent that he managed got shares of that company. So when they sold, yes. they made money. Yes. And that was fascinating. And it was, like, an artist that he signed four months ago got the same amount of money as Demi Lovato, who he managed for, like, years and like Justin and Ariana were the top two, but it was that was all just very interesting numbers. If you like like business side of things, it's a very interesting read. But I feel like that was very illuminating to probably the more realistic side of this that he is completely focusing where the money is, which is in this K-pop empire that he's building. Totally, Emps, who was my guest on Patreon this week, and. Then I listened to Beyond the Blinds earlier today. They were both saying the phrase like they go where the money goes or like follow the money or like whatever. And I think that this is as juicy and salacious as we want it to be. I really just think that he is moving on. Maybe his reputation is so sullied from all of the Taylor Swift stuff in the U.S. that he's like, know where I can like make the next buck is Korea and K-pop and like be behind the scenes as a true talent manager should be like I can't think of another manager who is has such a public face and image and name as Scooter Braun does and I feel like that's not normal totally I also think like thinking back to when you know I watched Justin's One World Tour doc. I can't even remember what it's called. Like 20 years ago or whatever. Not 20 years ago. Maybe 15 years ago. And he was so present and almost like a father figure. I wonder also now like he has kids of his own and he's older. If he's like, I don't want to be that type of manager where I'm so in the day to day and the relationship with the client Maybe he wants to be more, yeah, hands off, less in the public eye and just making the money and like what a better way to like drop his clients that he has personal relationships with and go with some like strangers basically uh, in K-pop. I feel like, well, he is fully like the CEO of this company. So I feel like his day to day is like running this business and has nothing to do with like any individual artist anymore yeah 100% totally and new artists come with a clean slate Ariana Demi and Justin for example all have tons of baggage like that is probably hard to manage when you want to be a music manager but you're getting pulled into all of this other stuff where I just feel like maybe some of these newer groups won't have that um all that baggage yes and really quick as a side note have Mm. you noticed that both ariana and demi are re-recording their music yes okay this is so interesting to me i talked about this i think with emps on patreon so we don't have to get too too into it but like yes demi is doing rock covers of a lot of her old hits and then uh Ariana is releasing yours truly the 10th anniversary edition which is also very interesting because 
Uh, and Justin sold his uh, masters for 200 million. So something like, I feel like that is interesting. Like that could lead to something of like, why are they doing re-records like Taylor? And maybe they're choosing to do that to get out of his, out from under his finger and he's mad and is cutting them. Like, I don't know. I don't know. I just thought it was very interesting. And I kind of think Taylor started this new trend and people were noticing how much traction it was getting, obviously, but not even like attention, but like actual billboard numbers. Yes. And money. Yeah. And people were like, why would I spend time and energy and money making new music when I could just release old music that people already love? Totally. Because also Taylor not only has capitalized on it for her stadium tour doing playing all of the albums, but all of the fucking merch and shit for every single like Speak Now Red and now 1989. Like and a lot of it is is new material, but old concepts that she's just recreating. So it's like the simplicity is so there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, very interesting. But I just don't think anyone can do it. I actually really have been enjoying Demi's, like, rock versions of her songs. But, like, no event, Ariana. Like, I won't be listening. <laughs> like, I just, like, don't care. <laughs> Ariana, I could talk about for another whole podcast episode. Because yeah, yeah. the timing is so interesting because of this whole scandal that she's in. But... Yeah, that too. I feel like... Another person would have maybe you can't delay it because it's like the anniversary is the anniversary. Totally. So it's just like, okay, keep trucking along and keep just la la la, everything's fine. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah. So wild. But I guess we'll see again. We will stay tuned to see what happens. Yeah, but I don't think it's gonna be something salacious and like Maybe Karen is right. Like, it's not going to be this epic downfall. Maybe it really is just he's going to be making more money and doesn't give a fuck about these other people. Like, how much money is Adina Menzel making him? Like, I don't know. No disrespect to Adina, but what are you doing right now? (laughs) Like, literally. Where is the money coming from? (laughs) Literally. Okay, let's talk about... The Kardashians. Like I said at the top of the episode, it is probably the longest stint of time that I haven't talked about them on this podcast, which is wild. And Layla and I were making this uh, episode outline and we were like, what the fuck are we going to talk about? <laughs> like, I just like, I've been recording way too many podcasts this week and I was like, I've talked about everything. I don't want to, you know, harp on anything for too long. And we were going back and forth on topics. And then I was like, oh, do you want to talk about like Kylie Jenner's Instagram feed? And she's like, yeah, that's what I was going to message you about. So what in particular about Kylie's Instagram feed is interesting you at this point? Because I feel like that's interesting in itself. (laughs) Yes. So everybody look on their phones right now. Go to Kylie's Instagram. Go to the mm-hmm. post where the caption is literally just the basket emoji. And then go to the third picture. Like, this is a gorgeous, stunning picture. It's like sound of music. 
it's scenery it's natural geographic it's like um like it should be in a magazine this was not just like a casual snap that she took on vacation like it feels like she is really art directing her instagram in this new direction and i am into it like it's a stunning vibe it's a very different vibe than what she usually goes for so it's just worth noting is all yeah, 100%. Yeah, like they defo are not just on a picnic. Her and whoever else is there. I don't know. There's two wine bottles and three, four wine glasses. So whoever she's on this picnic with, it's like they didn't picnic. They <laughs> just set up this photo shoot because it's like literally whole pieces of fruit. Yes. There's one with like a huge bite taken out of it. And then just a a box of pastries. Not going to lie, for her, like, looking like she's in Europe, I think she's in Italy, the pastries aren't hitting. Absolutely not. These look like gas station pastries. Yes! Thank you! Thank you! Whoever was in charge of props for this photo shoot really, like, dropped the ball on the pastries. Yeah, like I zoomed in, it looks Walmart. <laughs> like, it, lo- it looks like I I'm getting these served at like a work luncheon, and I'm declining. Like hard pass, sure. yeah, yeah. The fruit looks good, but again, there's like no plates or like, could you cut up the pear? Like it's just fucking weird. Also, like, so, like the 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 blanket is too small. No one else is fitting is sitting on that blanket. Yeah, and there's two pillows, but again, four wine glasses. I'm just so confused. And then, like, a bouquet of flowers. So is this, like, I'm on a date? Or (laughs) someone commented. It's just the only comment I can see. Their ad is Aaron Mays, and it just says Timothy took these photos. (laughs) No, every time she posts a picture, I'm like, maybe Timothy took that. Like, Timothy is an artsy man. Yeah. Into photography, I think. I don't know. Maybe I made that up. But, like, I'm on that same delusional wavelength as... I know. Can we be, like, Delulu for, like, one second? Fully. (laughs) The, like, filter or whatever it looks like on that third picture kind of looks like the summer 24 exclamation point roundup that Timothy dropped. Okay. Like, were they taken on the same camera? New tab, looking at Timothy's <laughs> yeah. 24, summer, whatever. Like, I want to do, like, comparison. <laughs> same. <laughs> They're so elusive. Like, yeah. I will never get anything of them together, and that crushes me on some level. But, like, I need to see that I don't even care – I don't even care. I just need to see their dynamic and what they're like talking to each other and what they talk about and how they are. Like, are they affectionate? Are they like, he's just so different than she is. I know. It's still so weird because also there was shit that said they had broken up, Mm -hmm. even though I don't even know if they've ever been together. So I'm just so confused. And then he posts this photo dump one day ago and it kind of gives what Kylie is giving on her page. And again, that's not weird for him because he's that artsy boy, but it's fucking weird for her. Like even her 26th birthday, 
which again, I think was in August. Yeah, August 8th. I hate that I know that. (laughs) She's in Italy, but her look is completely different. Like her makeup is softer. Her hair is softer. She's in like neutrals and yeah, her freckles are showing and it's very Dolce Vita lifestyle. Very much so. But she's wearing like fucking not canvas totes, but um, like woven yeah. straw totes. Yeah, she's like, this is her vacation aesthetic. She's a different girl. It is funny because the post in between these two is like Jean-Paul Gaultier, boobs, like (laughs) high glam makeup. So she's still highly like she's still there, but she's giving us like these little moments of soft, like quiet, quiet luxury. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Like I vacation in Italy, but I'm not like at Rome with droves of tourists like sweating my ass off at some church I'm like in Tuscany at like a vineyard living kind of call me by your name like life oh my god that is such a good comparison yeah because it totally is 100% and she's just like cooking pasta and Mm. Chloe and Chris are there so I'm just I'm so fucking confused it looks delicious though Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, she, like, had this whole birthday trip, and I guess only Chloe and Chris could make it, but – and then all her friends are there in this gorgeous villa. Yeah, the most recent post where the caption is, she's 26, is, like, much more just, like, little snapshots. But the other other post was completely directed and, like, lighting, staging. You cannot convince me otherwise. Yeah, like, there was mood boards created for this. 100% like the dress she's wearing is gorgeous but like she didn't throw that on to go to a picnic like in the other one she's wearing like jeans and a bikini it's like yeah that's that's what she's wearing on vacation and like an oversized button down makes way more sense but this like tunicky shirt and baggy jeans like it's just so weird so I'm like maybe she is (laughs) dating to really I am nuts I am really fucking nuts like how are these pictures convincing me of that? And like really understated like gold jewelry. I'm just so confused. I know. I feel like she's just like experimenting with her style, which is fun. Yeah. I like do fully think her and Timothy are dating, even though yeah. like they won't confirm it ever. But like it's enough for me that we've had consistent articles of them being like, honestly, what it was for me is when that random article came out being like they broke up and then immediately after they were like, no, they didn't. They're still dating. And it's like, yeah. that's what you want us to think. But no, I, <laughs> I I, do think that. I don't know what it is. I just like, <laughs> just I'm, I'm eating it up. Me too. Me too. I'm into this because the other Kardashians are fucking giving us nothing. Literally. Like we talked about this. September 28th, I think, is or whatever, is when season four of the Kardashians is airing. I had no fucking idea. And I... Uh, watched all of season three like it's so annoying that another season is coming right off the heels of season three filmed months ago to give us nothing but I'm going to be forced to watch it because the Kardashians have this chokehold on pop culture I know I I would go weeks without watching an episode of season three and then be like, oh, I have so much to catch up on. 
And then like, I would see the headlines. I already knew the big moments. And then they would always, I'd always be let down. Like they were never actually as good as people were saying they were like the big discussion between Kim and Courtney about the fashion show. I was like, that's it. Like it was, oh my God. Yeah. I talked about that with Shannon from Fluently Ford on the Patreon. And like, it was just, it was so disappointing. I couldn't even get her excited about it. Like, it was just, it was so disappointing. The best part, I will say, of season three, I'm going to shout out another podcast, but it's on the polyester podcast feed, but it's called Dispatches from the Kardashian Simulacrum. It's hosted by Kardashian Colloquium, MJ Corey, and her sister, Marie. And it is so good because I really love their takes on... The Kardashians, that was the only highlight for me for this entire season. I agree. I need to check out that podcast, but there was literally zero standout. I think, I mean, it's like, yeah, oh, Chloe talked about how hard it is connecting with her son. That was like, I'm sure that really affected like a lot of people. And it was like very cool for them to hear. Um, I don't know, like a couple things like that where I was like, that was nice of them to say or whatever. But like. Nothing where I was like, oh, my God, which is what it used to be like. Totally. 100%. And it seemed like in season three, they did listen to listener feedback. Like they were bringing Scott back and some of their more like hijinksy stuff. And they did address, I feel like, some more of the controversial stuff like or like, you know, cover is used loosely but like they did cover like some of the beauty standard stuff but it just it's not hitting like the old kardashians did like do but they do have i will say i'm always like they will they're like a phoenix they will rise from the ashes like truly i'm just watching their next move because i was even thinking and i had written this in the article because or in our outline, because Chloe, like some hater posted on one of Kim's pictures. She had like her ass out or something like that. And someone posted something, which is very typical. Not that people should like say, like comment, like those people are losers. But Chloe like clapped back at this person. And then, of course, it gets up by all the news like the news cycle and it just it's it's really interesting of how they weren't in I feel like the news this week and then like all all Chloe had to do was post one little like clap backy comment and you know I read 10 articles about it and listened to like many podcasts and TikToks about it I know I know the feeling I feel like when did the I don't even remember when the finale aired. It wasn't that long ago. It was like July of season three. So it's like, yeah, take a two month hiatus so people can like miss you, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think like, and I've talked about this on the podcast before, but like the way that we watch their lives unfold already just means that they need to get the editing out way quicker. Like they cannot post because we were talking about this before we hit record like season three was mostly filmed a year ago like fall 2022 and it like they just cannot 
continue to have these long stints between like that's what streaming's for supposedly is to get the stuff out really quick and that's just like not happening like get the big brother and love island producers on this fucking show i know i feel like they are just in their own way and them being executive producers on this show was the kiss of death they have too much control and they are not including the stuff that people actually want to know and hear about and see the behind the scenes which i respect their privacy but then it's just like don't do the show because you're not doing it justice 100 percent, yeah and it was interesting. I watched um, the Kim versus Kanye, the divorce documentary. And uh, I recorded an episode about it. It'll be on Patreon next week. I feel like all this whole episode is just me plugging other episodes. <laughs> like literally because I'm going on vacation in September. I the like I, ha- I think I recorded five times this week. And then I have like literally five more episodes next week to record just so I have content for when I'm gone for two weeks. Oh, my God. But anyways, so that's just on the top of my mind. But I watched that doc and it had some uh, clips of Kris Jenner back in the day talking about how the TV show is the foundation of their brand. And so I think that's why they cling on to it so much. There's something that gives it, I guess, that that foundational stability or whatever that that they just really need, I guess, or feel like they need. So, yeah, I find that really interesting. That is really interesting. I feel like that was true. And now instead of like the show being foundational for their brands, it's turned into just being like an ad for their brands. Yeah, that's so true. Yeah. Are you looking forward to anything being covered specifically in season four? I mean, I want to hear about Courtney's pregnancy. And on the list of things that will literally never happen is Kylie and Jordan's reunion. But like, can you imagine? Uh, Yes. She's just like on an episode. Yeah. Like season. That would be insane. But like, yeah. Not a chance. Um, no, no, no. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, can't even think of anything that, like, happened this past spring. I know. I definitely want to see Courtney's pregnancy and those moments with Travis because even though I thought they were super obnoxious until now, I have to admit all the pregnancy stuff has been really cute. And they just seem so happy. And, like, I felt like they had – you know, they had a hard time conceiving. And I think that they like were like, no, this chapter is like over for us. And then them getting pregnant, I think is really fucking cool. So I'm very excited for that. I want to see Addison Ray back on the screens. Oh my God. Yeah. They hung out July 4th. Yes, they did. So like that'll and- be season five probably, but. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So expect seeing that on our screens in like five years. Um, yeah, like she just released new music, so it'd be cool to see, like, I don't know, would they all go to the studio with her? I would literally love that. Yeah, me too. And then the last thing, which I don't think they'll ever show, but Gracie, aforementioned Gracie, who is Selena Gomez's little sister, is best friends with North, and they're always doing cooking videos on TikTok. And I watch the whole fucking thing. (laughs) So I would love to see Gracie and North 
just like hanging out. <laughs> yeah, that would be so cute. Yeah. In a non-creepy way, because that sounds like so creepy. Wait, and also Jessica Simpson's daughter is really good friends yes. with Nora. Is it Birdie? Mm, I don't know. Where is that? Um, That's on Busy Phillips. Phillips. Yeah. Maxi. Okay. Isn't it? I actually have no idea. I'm going to look it up. Is it Maxi? Maxwell. Maxi Drew Johnson. Okay, cute. Yeah. Super cute. Okay. Let's move on to Pettyweight Champion of the Week. This is the part of the show where our guest is going to nominate a Pettyweight Champion of the Week, someone in the media who did something petty and it was iconic. Layla, who are you nominating this week? I'm nominating Sarah Ramirez, a.k.a. Che from And Just Like That. Um, They posted a whole long Instagram caption in response to an article in The Cut about Sarah and Che and the dynamic between the two characters. So when the article came out, it was not super positive about either. And so Sarah wrote this caption in response, clapping back to it. And I saw the Instagram post before I read the article and the article was not that bad. (laughs) Okay, I wanna quote what Sarah wrote. Uh, been thinking long and hard about how to respond to the hack jobs article written by a white Gen Z non-binary person who asked me serious questions but expected a comedic response, I guess. So what was the genesis, the criticism in the article of Che's character? Basically, they were saying that Che was not a good representation of the queer community yeah. And that they were kind of just not funny, kind of abrasive, like not yeah. really resonating with the queer community. And I think when the person who wrote the article was interviewing Sarah, they just like were not vibing clearly because clearly. it was kind of awkward and I don't know if Sarah was trying to come off a certain way and it ended up really backfiring, but it was kind of, I mean, they like point out in the caption that it was written by a white Gen Z non-binary person. And I really think like they were taking a dig at the writer being Gen Z, which I don't really get. Yeah, I know. I feel like that's like so many people's responses to gen z nowadays it's like you either revere them for being like bold and progressive or you think they're like literal dumb fucking babies that are like entitled to shit like it's never in the middle i'm reading more about this and yeah the author brock Colliar acknowledges eye rolling from the most mostly younger queer people i know who found the character a hyperbolized hyper cringe representation of non-binary identity like is that wrong I feel like everybody has been saying that like any like genderqueer person has been saying even in the fucking show when I don't know if you watched this episode but when Che does the test screening of Che Passa Che Passa their tv show there's a person that identifies as non-binary we're genderqueer and they're from Brooklyn and they're like, this isn't like the whole story of um, like people that have 
this identity. And it is interesting also because I think the part that I do agree with Sarah Mirez as is like, I didn't write this. Like, this is fucking Michael, whatever, King, Michael Patrick King that writes this. It's not me that is like writing this like verbatim. So, because I don't think any of it is with Sarah's acting. I think it's mostly with some of like the corny lines and stuff like that. And Sex in the City and and just like that are corny TV shows. And really, also, I feel like very stereotypical. Like it's like Sam is the like sexually open one. Charlotte is the, you know, uptight one. Miranda is the smart business savvy one. Like it, it's all based on stereotypes. So I don't know. I feel like I feel like this is just like a no win situation for for Che, for Sarah, for Brock, the author. Uh, but I think I will say again, like if, if this person specifically wanted to talk about, I think Sarah's being a little bit defensive because they're getting shit. I feel like if the author really wanted to speak about, you know, the building of like of this character, Che, they should talk to Michael Patrick King and yeah, I don't know. I don't know where I sit with this. It's a tough one. But it like calling them a hack job and stuff like that could very well like end their career for like really just putting in some fair criticism. It, completely. And I it's really unfortunate because I feel like they're coming from the same place. Like both Sarah yes. and Brock are kind of like saying yeah. the same thing. And for some reason they didn't connect on it in the moment. But yeah. it's just unfortunate that like I feel like this article could have been really interesting and important and they could have had a really interesting and important discussion but instead it just kind of became about how Sarah is was aloof and resembling Che in more ways than one and now Sarah's defensive and she's calling them a hack job and it's like well they're working at the cut and they were assigned to interview you so they like can't be that big of a hack job yeah literally also it's like I feel like obviously if people are getting fair criticism no matter what stage they are in their career but like it also fucking sucks like Gen Z indicates to me they're like 22 and under or whatever and it like fucking sucks if you're just starting out your job maybe this is like one of their first couple articles or whatever or like the biggest get they've got with Sarah Ramirez like on a fucking hit Max show and then like getting a feed post about it is fucking brutal like god just how my stomach would drop if I interviewed anybody of that like like upper echelon actor and then get absolutely shit on on social media by them I would just like lose my mind I know I also feel like using Gen Z as an insult is so lazy. Like, okay, so this person is younger than you. It's just giving like crotchety old person. I know. Like stodgy. I know. Right. Like this person is just starting out in their career. They made choices that you don't agree with clearly, but I just feel like I wish they were the bigger person. Yeah, totally. 
Yeah, I definitely think they could have. It's like you could have sent them an email or something like that. It's like <laughs> completely. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah. OK, this is interesting, too. I'm reading like another article about it and it says Kristen Davis, who plays Charlotte, also said a few friendly friendly reminders suggesting when a cis man is in charge and has ultimate control of dialogue actors say and you have a valid problem with it. Perhaps you should be interviewing him. Like, that's kind of tea. <laughs> like, <laughs> I feel like everyone that works on a show is in agreement that the writing kind of sucks. It's cheesy. It's yeah. cheesy and corny. But it it's like, yeah, like Sex in the City was also kind of cheesy, but in a less cringy way. Yeah. yeah. And so I feel like they all just want to keep their job so they can't like badmouth anyone in particular. 100%. But it's like everyone fucking look at the other shows that Michael Patrick King works on. Like fucking Emily in Paris. <laughs> no, that's Darren Star. I don't even know, I guess. But like, like lo- look at the 20 year history of these cheese ball shows. Like we're not getting like mind breaking. So Michael Patrick King is the director. Darren mm. Star is the creator. Yep. Well, I don't know. Get some new writers in the writing room. Like, Michael Patrick King worked on the Sex in the City movies. Mm-hmm. What the fuck do you expect? <laughs> like, Also, the thing that stuck out to me in their caption was that this guy has complete control of dialogue. Isn't that kind of unusual? Yeah, 100%. And it's also kind of sus, too, because... I feel like Carrie Bradshaw or Sarah Jessica Parker was like, I'm not coming back unless I have like a high level of control of like what happens with Carrie. So like something sus, but they got extended for a third season. So like we'll get more of all of these characters. I've continually seen, I've seen it like two times, but I've seen all of two times people, just random people on TikTok being like, and just like that is so bad and I'm obsessed with it and I need to watch it every single week forever. Like there's just yes. something about it that like people love while still recognizing that it's like the cringiest show on TV. No, it's definitely the nostalgia because like I told you, I literally stayed up till midnight last <laughs> night, like on a work night and then watched the episode and then had to, even though nothing was out at the time because it was 1 a.m., I had to go through all social media to see what people were saying about things. And I hate this show at this point. So it's like, not that I hate it. I, lo- I love to hate it, I feel like. But yeah, I it must be the nostalgia because I never wait up to midnight to watch any TV show I've ever 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 watch so yeah there's something there's something there but yeah I'd be curious to see if this response from Sarah or this article and this response kind of going viral if there will be any impact on the show hard to say honestly super hard to say okay let's wrap up with this week in petty where Layla is going to share a story about something that happened in her real life that she's petty about. What are you petty about this week? Okay, so like I said, I am moving. And any move is treacherous, but I am doing a long-distance move from Chicago to San Diego. And I have chosen to take the route of selling most of my belongings to diminish the cost of moving them across the country. 
um, via Facebook Marketplace. And oh, no. <laughs> Facebook Marketplace is literally hell on earth. Like, yes. And I don't know where these people come from, but like one interaction that stood out to me is I'm trying to sell this bench that I have in my entryway. It has four cubbies. It's just like a little bench. You sit down, you put on your shoes type of thing. And it's a, it's like four feet long. So it's a pretty big bench. I post a picture of it. This woman messages me and she's like, she goes, hi, Layla. I'm like, hi. She's like, hey, girl. she's like, I love the bench. It's adorable. And I'm like, amazing. When can you pick it up? And she's like, how close are you to this address? Look up the address. It's like a mile away from me. She's like, do you think I could? I loved, she goes, I love that it folds up. Do you think I could fit it in a stroller? And you're like, A, it doesn't fold up. B, no. I'm like, this is a wooden bench. Like what? I'm like looking in our messages. I'm like, maybe she's talking about something else that I'm trying to sell. Like I posted a bunch of stuff. No, she meant the bench. I literally sent her a picture of the bench and I go, this bench does not fold. It maybe weighs 40 pounds. It could definitely not fit in a stroller. Like, are you okay? Never heard from her again, obviously. But like, I was like, what was she picturing? And now I'm like, what bench folds up that she thought she could just roll in her stroller to her back to her place? (laughs) I would give anything to never have to deal with a Facebook, another Facebook marketplace uh, transaction ever again. It's like my full-time job this past week. I feel like the Wolf of Wall Street. Like I'm (laughs) slinging deals, making sales. I'm like, I, first of all, you cannot do this without having the app on your phone. Can we, can't wait to delete the app, but I'm like, the app is my lifeline. And I'm just like, every single time I hear that noise, I'm like, yes, what? yes. either who's canceling on me or who wants to buy something from me. 100%. I have done two big moves in the past like eight years or something like that. And both times I was selling shit like left, right and center. Especially my last move, I was in a two bedroom and then I moved down to a one bedroom. And so I had a lot of furniture to sell and it was so painful like it was so bad I remember there was this one girl I was selling this wasn't even this was clothes this wasn't even furniture it was a jacket it was a winter jacket and she came like knocked on my door and then I opened it up oh here's the jacket like blah 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 and then she proceeds to walk into my apartment and she tries it on she's like do you have a mirror I could look I'm like you are fully like in my apartment no okay just wait this is worse so I was like okay like cool the next thing I sell is a vacuum cleaner and I've definitely told this story on the podcast but I'll just share it again so I'm selling a vacuum cleaner I meet the person in the lobby this time she brought a bag. It was an uh, older woman and her husband. She brought a bag of dirt and cat, like, kibble and, like, confetti and, like, hair and stuff like that. Proceeded to pour it onto my lobby floor, turn on the vacuum, and <laughs> vacuum it out to see if it worked. No. <laughs> I literally, oh. I've wanted to die. <laughs> oh, my God, people are literally crazy. Okay, that is the one thing I will say, though. I have brought every single thing I've sold downstairs to my lobby. 
Yeah. One thing is I live on the fourth floor. So sometimes I've had people be like, I'm not doing the stairs. Forget it. So I'm like, you know what? I'll <laughs> okay, bring it yeah. to you. So I'm like, like, the fall, but the I'm like huffing my dresser down the stairs yesterday. Oh but I'm like, God. I just like get rid of it. But um, but also I don't want people in my apartment. Yeah, totally. Um, but yeah, I've had people cancel on me because of the stairs. But also women, I'm messaging with these women and then they send their husbands by themselves. And I'm like, you're I don't care if your husband is the incredible Hulk. He cannot get this into the tr- car by himself. Like he needs a friend. And I'm I'm like, it's wild. I would never send like a, a single person to pick up a piece of furniture unless it was like a side table or something. Yeah. Or like a lamp or something. Yeah. Like that. that is wild to me. Yeah. That happens. I feel like all the time. Yeah. And at this point, sometimes I'm like, I don't even care about the money. Like I would way rather just drop it off anywhere in the world than um, deal with another Facebook marketplace deal. Yeah. This girl, I like was selling an old suitcase and I brought it out to her. And usually I'm like beforehand, I'm like, do you prefer Venmo, Cash, Zelle, like whatever. But I like haven't been because I've just been going through so many. And so she goes, oh, great. Thanks. And it's, I don't think she really started to back up, but usually they like pull out their phone. Like the next step is to like exchange the money. And she wasn't doing that. So I just go, is Venmo okay? (laughs) She's like, oh, um, I mean, yeah. How much? And I'm like, were you just trying to walk away? away? And like, by the way, it was $30. Like (laughs) I am pricing these babies to sell. And so I was just like, you're insane. Give just Venmo me and walk away. Take my suitcase. Thank you. Have a good one. Yeah. Oh my God. That's so funny. Yeah. That's such a nightmare. I went to a consignment store yesterday to drop off items, which could be more humiliating than Facebook Marketplace. Like, what is the best alternative? I think it is just donating. Like, just a straight-up donation. You bring the bag and you leave. And that's worth the peace of mind at this point. Do you guys have ThreadUp? Have you heard of it? Maybe. Is it like Poshmark? It is basically like an online thrift store. And you just send them your clothes in the mail. And they go through it. They don't – maybe they won't list everything. But they'll just post it online. And if it sells, you'll get a portion of the money. Mm-hmm. So it's basically like taking it's all online, which is nice. But you do get like pennies on the dollar is the only thing. Yes, literally. <laughs> literally. I know. I know. Because I'm pretty sure I dropped off like all like Abercrombie, Zara, like not like high end by any means, but like decent labels. And I'm pretty sure I'm going to get like $10 back for like, and also she sent me, okay, we're really getting into the weeds, but she sent me some of the clothes I had worn once or zero times, which is my bad. Like I should be better with return policies and stuff like that. And she sent me a list of the things she took and like some of it was like condition nine out of 10. And I was like, Bitch, I didn't wear this. Like, like the tag's what? still on. I know. I know. I like that. I was so annoyed. There's this one shirt that I bought. I tried on at home. Like I bought it offline or online. And I tried it on at home. But I was like, oh, I just don't like this. But I was like trying to trick myself into liking it. And I'm like, I'll wear it. I'll wear it. 
sat in my closet for two years so I'm like hey finally I'll like unworn except for trying on condition nine out of ten <laughs> I was like so pissed that's so annoying no yeah, this whole maybe process I'll try <laughs> this whole you should look into it this whole process literally I never want to buy another piece of furniture again like I don't know if I can live life like that but like it is so treacherous I know it really makes me want to live with like you were saying before we hit record out of a suitcase and have no possessions like it really truly makes me like want to live like a monk or I don't know who lives without any possessions um monk a monk, I guess, or like, like a, very simple. yeah, the the people that like can't bear to have belongings. <laughs> like I want to be them, but I, I love yeah. stuff. I just love stuff so. And much. it's like you don't realize how much stuff you have until you move, and it's like, where did all this stuff come from? But yeah, totally. I, mean, I digress. Totally, totally, yeah. Oh my god, I feel like I could do a full episode <laughs> just on Facebook Marketplace <laughs> and moving and. All the stuff. All the stuff that comes with it. Okay, this was super, super fun. Where can the listeners find you and anything else you want to plug? I am IDK, my BFF Lay, on TikTok and Instagram. So check it out. Like I said, Instagram is more day to day, always posting on my story little things. And TikTok is kind of like the occasional deep dive, but come on over, check it out. Definitely. Okay, thanks for coming on. Thank you. And there you have it. Thank you so much for listening. And thank you to Layla for joining me on today's episode. If you want more content, join us on Patreon, patreon.com slash RTBB podcast. And you can follow along with me on socials at RTBB podcast. I hope you are safe and healthy out there. As always, I'm your host, Tori, and I'm ready to be petty. See you soon. Bye.